This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, here we are on an All Hallows' Eve. Have you finished giving out the candy to all the little ghosts and goblins who've been knocking in your door with a chant of trick-or-treat? Okay, let's get down to business then. And that business is getting a scary program on the air. And in my books, The Shadow Fits the Bill. By today's standard, The Shadow wouldn't be a scary program at all, but back in the 30s and 40s, this program scared the daylights out of listeners gathered around the radio sets. Originally, the narrator of the series, uh, Macabre Tales, the uh, eerie voice known as The Shadow became so popular to listeners that detective story was soon renamed The Shadow. And the narrator became the star of the old-time mystery radio series which ran until 1954. A figure was never seen, only heard. The Shadow was an invisible crime fighter. He possessed many, many gifts which enabled him to overcome any enemy. Besides his tremendous strength, he could defy gravity, speak any language, unravel any code, and become invisible with his famous ability to cloud men's minds. Tonight we'll hear about a man on death row who gets a visit from the shadow. what evil lurks in the hearts of men. <laughs> the shadow knows. Lou Cole presents The Shadow, a man of mystery who strikes terror in the very souls of sharpsters, lawbreakers, and criminals. All signs point to a severe winter. Be prepared. If you want to be sure of even, dependable, helpful heat in any kind of weather, insist on Blue Coal, America's finest anthracite mined from the fields of northern Pennsylvania. The coal that has colored a harmless blue at the mine for your protection. You can't have me to the chair. You can't do it. Let me out of here. Let me... Paul Gordon, listen. Yeah. I can't see anybody. Who's that? I am the shadow. <laughs> Stop. We haven't much time. We must hurry, Gordon. You're in the death house, charged with murder. Yes, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. But nobody knows it. Take courage, Gordon. The shadow knows. <laughs> Margo, won't you sit down? I told Albo to serve our coffee here in the library. 
I should rather go on the terrace. No, I prefer it here. Then I see you smile. That frown is most unbecoming. Lamont, give it up. Give what up, my dear? Drinking coffee? I'm serious, Lamont Cranston. When I foolishly let you know that... Do you remember what you said? It will be exactly five years next week. But there's still so much to do, Margaret. Well, then let somebody else do it. Don't you realize that you can't keep on like this forever? Someone's certain to identify you, and when that someone does, someone else is certain to kill you. Perhaps, but until they do... Oh, darling, stop frowning. I don't mean necessarily to give up your work, Lamont, but this other... Let the shadow just disappear and, and come out openly. Join the organized forces of law and police. Won't you realize, Margot, that my entire usefulness to the organized forces of law and police lies in my remaining outside those forces, in remaining always the shadow? Would they approve my methods? Would they believe in my science? You would make them believe. You could make them approve. And in doing so, reveal my secrets, my knowledge. Reveal them and eventually let them fall into the hands of organized crime. No, Margot. No one must ever know. No one but you. Why do you think I've devoted countless hours to investigating electrical and chemical phenomena? Why do you think I went to India, to, to Egypt, to China? What do you think I studied in London, Paris, and Vienna? Except to learn the old mysteries that modern science has not yet rediscovered. The natural magic modern psychology is beginning to understand. And, well, magic that wouldn't seem so natural. I studied and learned for a purpose, my dear. All right, Lamont, I, I realize all that. But now, now the entire underworld has but one objective. To erase the shadow. And to me that means... Until they know what the shadow is and who he is, what can they do? Stop and think how many criminals are either dead or in prison because of our activities. Why, even now, tonight, as we sit quietly here, somewhere, an innocent human being may be in desperate trouble. Somewhere, perhaps, there is a problem that can never be solved, except by the shadow. What did the doctor say, Grace? It was good news and, and bad, too, I'm afraid, dear. Well, whatever it was, dear, tell me. Well, he said the baby could be perfectly well again within a year. Oh, thank God for that. Poor kid. She's had a tough time. Well, what else? Well, this part isn't so good, Paul. She'll need treatments during all that time. Paul, treatments cost money. I know. Well, we'll have to manage somehow. You didn't do a very good job marrying me, dear. Darling. Oh, if I can only get a job. I've got my health and I've got brains. But no one seems to want them. Oh, they will, dear. They, they've got to. You're right about that. We're just about down to rock bottom. I've raised every cent I can on the house and car. There isn't anything left. You and I are still left, Paul. And we've got to take care of Sally. She's our daughter, Paul, and she's got to have her chance. She's going to have it. Somehow. Tomorrow I'll start out and take anything I can get. Darling, perhaps tomorrow things will break for us. Yes. If only they don't break the wrong way. No more beds. Okay. Over here. How about some Excuse me, but 
Are you the boss here? That's right. I'm looking for a job. Nothing doing, buddy. I'll do anything. Wait on table, wash dishes, anything at all. I don't need any more help. Well, how about delivering things? I've got a car. Nope. I don't deliver nothing. I'm sorry, I don't need you. I see. All right. Thanks. Hey. Hey, you. What? Calling to me? Yeah, sit down. Have a beer. No, thanks. I, I don't drink. Anyhow, sit down. I meet a friend of mine named Lefty. My name's Red. <laughs> Look at my hair and you'll know why. Well, I'm glad to meet you both. Gordon's my name. Paul Gordon. Well, do you want to talk to me about something? We might. Might be able to help you out. Sounds like you're looking for a job. You bet I am. I need one. You know anybody that could use me? Maybe. We don't know you yet. So far as that goes, I don't know you either. So you read the guy smart. Yeah, maybe too smart. Now look here, Mr. Gordon. We need a car. We need somebody to drive it for us. You understand? Well, I've got a car and I can drive. Is it a good car? Has it got speed? I'll guarantee you up to 80. It's not bad. It's not bad. Now listen, kid. How about meeting us tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock? All right. Where? Well, let's see. Uh, we're going to... Um... I got it. Right in front of the Uptown Bank. We gotta go there first to cash a check. Well, how about five dollars a day? That's all. But you remember, be there at nine o'clock or you don't get no job. <laughs> don't worry, I'll be there. I'll be there at eight o'clock. Hey, buddy. You can't keep this car in front of the bank all day. Can't you see that sign? No parking? I'm not parking, officer. I'm waiting for a couple of men. I'm working for them. Oh. Hey, what's that? It sounds like shots in the bank. Hey, there. Oh, there you got him, Lefty. Here he is with the car. Come on, you. Start that bus car. Step on it, fella. Hey, brother, you can't do that. Go on, I will shoot. Let him have it, Red. Hold him off. I'll hold him. Wish I'd never have shot that cop. Can't you get no more speed out of this car, fella? She's doing all she can. Shoot at that tires, Red. I missed him. Why the windshield? Say, let me out of this. Take the car. You'll think I'm in with you. That's just what we're figuring on. Now, here comes the curve. After you make that stop. Get ready, Red. I'm ready. I'm just leaving the evidence. Put it under the seat cushion. All right. Okay. Goodbye, Gordon. Thanks for the wait. Hey. Hey, wait, you guys. Don't leave me like this. They'll think I did it. Hey, come on back, will you? Okay. Up with your hands. Come on, get him up. All right, officer. I haven't got a gun. I wasn't in this. They made me drive the car. Yeah, keep your hands up just the same. Go throw the car, Charlie. Okay, Sarge. Well, fella, you might as well come clean on this. I haven't done anything. I tell you, I'm innocent. Hey, Sarge. I got it. Under the rear seat cushion. A bag full of bills and a gun. That's the gun that bumped off my buddy, Louie. And you say you're innocent. Yes, I am. Well, it'll take more than saying so to keep you out of the electric chair. The prosecution is piled up a mass of incontrovertible evidence. And I myself have no doubt of your guilt. Therefore, in accordance with the law, I direct that you be taken from here to the place from whence you came. 
and that there you be put to death in the manner stated by the law. And may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> hey, who was that? Where did that last Who last? Bring that person before the cops. Well, I... I don't know where he is, Your Honor. The laugh came from over there. In that corner. Yes. Yes, Your Honor, but there's no one in that corner. Only a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep, dear. Mother will be right here in the next room. Oh, God. Please help me. Help me. I don't know what to do. Yes? Who is it? My name is Margot Lane. I have a message for you, Mrs. Gordon. You're not a reporter, are you? No, I'm a friend. I've come to help. Oh, then please come in. What is it you want, Miss Lane? Mrs. Gordon... Your husband has a friend who's going to help him. Here's a thousand dollars in cash. Huh? That's for you and Sally. A thousand? Who was it sent this to me? Well, that I can't tell you. But the message with it is not to lose hope. Oh, then there is hope for Paul, then. The man who sent this to you never fails. Who is he? Well, that I can't tell you. But, Miss Lane, you know him. Sometimes I wonder whether I do. I love him. But I wonder whether I know him. What do you mean? It's hard to tell whether I really know the man or only his shadow. Well, Lefty, tonight the fall guy goes to the chair. That's what he gets for being a sucker. Yeah, there's not a clue that even points our way. Not even a print. We had gloves on all the time. You had yours off for a minute when you were sitting next to him. Yeah, but uh, I didn't touch the wheel. Then we ain't left a clue. You think so? Who said that? You, Lefty? No, I, I thought it was you. It was I. You cannot see me. Who are you? And where are you? I am here in the room. In the shadow. You have pinned your crime on an innocent man. He shall not suffer. But you will. I don't know who you are, where you are, but you're bluffing anyway. You got no evidence. We didn't leave a clue. You did leave a clue. A clue that will send you to the chair. Where was it? Where was it? You're lying. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to believe that? Keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about the clue that you forgot. <laughs> Tonight, I am going to him now. We can still save him. Stand by for orders. Sorry, Gordon. The governor refuses to take any action. Thank you. I've got to go. Tonight? 
at 11 o'clock. What? What time is it now? Almost 10. Is there anything I can do for you? No. Thank you, Walter. Very well. These guards will move you to another cell. I'll be back in a little while. Ready, Gordon? Yes, guy. We're just going to move you to another cell. <laughs> what does it matter? The one you're going to is nearer. <laughs> nearer to the chair, is that it? <laughs> Right here behind you. Now knock the door into this preparation chamber, Pete. Okay, just a second. All right, go on through, Gordon. Watch him, Pete. I'll shut the door. What's the use of all this trouble? What chance have I got now? I'm afraid you haven't got much, fella. Uh, I wouldn't say that. What do you mean? Holy smokes. Look behind you. Where? There. Oh. Too bad. I hated to do that, but there wasn't any other way, and he'll only be out for a while. Now, Gordon, listen to me. Hey, where are you? I can't see you anymore. Where have you gone? Back into the shadow. Now, Gordon, we haven't much time. Listen to me. No crime is perfect. There's always somewhere a loose end. The only reason that all crimes aren't solved is because there's some one fact that someone knows and doesn't tell. And sometimes they don't tell because they don't know that they know. I told everything I know in court. They wouldn't believe me then. Because you couldn't prove what you said. We are going after the proof now. You and I. How? I'm going to think with your mind. I don't know what you mean. Don't try to understand. Just do as I tell you. I want you to concentrate, Gordon. Fix your mind on everything that happened that day. Make mental pictures. I'll see what you see. I'll try. No. No. No, Gordon. Stop thinking about your wife and baby. How did you know I was thinking about that? I saw it in your mind. I see in my mind the pictures you create in yours. Oh, like television? Yes, or like mental telepathy or mind reading, hypnotism, whatever you choose. There's no time to talk. Stop talking. Think. I will. I will. I'm thinking now. The picture... Is getting clearer. That's better. Go on. The restaurant? The bar? Gordon, stop thinking about the electric chair. It blurs the picture. I'll try. I'll try. Ah, that's better. The car. In front of a bank. Yes, I see it. The policeman. The crowd. Yes. Wait a minute. The small man with red hair. He was the one you called Red. Yes. Yes. I see him. Crooked nose. Short. Glasses. I know that man. 
He's Red Sloan. It's hard to see. I know. Think for your life. Try hard. Yes, you started the car. The other, Lefty, was in front with you. Lefty. Lefty. See him for me, Gordon. Ah, yes. A scar on his left cheek. Why didn't you mention that in court? I, I forgot. Never mind. Concentrate. Yes. Yes. Lefty couldn't keep you covered with a gun and look back at the same time. What did he do? He reached up and twisted the rear view mirror. Now we've got it. That's the loose end. That's where his thumbprint will be. Gordon, now I can save you. You've told the truth. You didn't know. You knew. Right, you're a fool for coming in here again. This is the place we picked up that kid that's burning tonight. What you want to come in here for? This is as good a place as any, ain't it? Hey, telephone for you, Lefty. Telephone? Yeah, maybe you never heard of it, but it's a great invention. But nobody knows I'm here. Well, somebody knows because they're waiting on the phone for you. It's over there on the wall. Okay. Don't be too long, Lefty. Hello? <laughs> Say, what are you laughing at? Who is this? Lefty, did you ever hear of the shadow? Yeah. Say, what is this? Too bad about young Gordon, isn't it, Lefty? What do you know about that? The shadow knows. Who are you? What do you want? I want justice. Justice for Paul Gordon, Lefty. And I'm going to get it. But you ain't got no evidence. No. Oh, no, we had gloves on. There couldn't be no fingerprints. Did you have gloves on all the time? Yeah, sure. I did. You're left-handed. Now listen carefully, Lefty. When you were sitting in the front seat of Gordon's car, your gun was in your left hand. Remember? Say, you ain't nobody, I. It's just, say, how do you know? What did you do with your right hand? My right hand? You took off your right glove, didn't you? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, gosh, I'm going nuts. And you couldn't see the car that was chasing you because the angle of the rear-view mirror was adjusted for the driver and you weren't driving, so... Do you remember what you did? No, no, I didn't. I didn't take it off. Are you sure you didn't reach up with your bare right hand and turn that rear-view mirror? Are you sure, Lefty? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Maybe I did that. If the police find that fingerprint, you'll burn, Lefty. Just the way young Gordon's going to burn. Tonight. Goodbye, Lefty. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He hung up. No. No. I won't burn. Hey, Red! Red! It said he gave long enough. Say, who was the guy? Never the... mind that. Where's that car of Gordon's now? In his garage. I guess I heard his wife. Listen. What? I got a hunch. 
There's some fingerprints of mine in that car. Red, we gotta wipe more for there, or maybe we'll burn that chair, too. Come on, let's go. But, Commissioner... I'm sorry, Miss Lane, but I don't see what we can do. But I tell you, Paul Gordon is innocent. The men who committed the crime are free. Where did you get this information? Oh, that I can't tell you. Uh, Miss Lane, Paul Gordon was convicted of murder by due processes of law. Tonight he pays for his crime in the electric chair. If the police listened to every crank who came in here claiming new evidence... But they can't send an innocent man to the chair. They can't do it. No, but they can send a guilty man. And according to the evidence, Paul Gordon is guilty. Commissioner, suppose that afterwards, when it's too late, they discover that Paul Gordon wasn't guilty after all. And suppose I testify that the police refused to listen. Well, what do you want me to do? If it's within reason, I'll do that. I want you to send some men to that garage. I want you to catch the guilty men and see that justice is done. I'm frightened. Brace up, Gordon. It won't be long. Get your chin up, buddy. My turn next. So long, fella. Good luck. Bye, kid. Where, where is he? He promised to save me. Who, son? I don't know. It was a voice. Just a voice. He... He said he'd stand by. Now, steady, old man. Don't lose your nerve, Gordon. Open it up, man. No. Uh, we'll go in there. I didn't do it. I didn't kill him. I didn't, I tell you. He said he'd stand by. He's warden away. Only a few minutes more. Just a few minutes. Don't take me in there yet. Now, no, wait. Please, please. He said, please wait. Easy, Gordon. I'm sorry. Every time I go on that door, I'm gone. It'll be too late then. Take him in, men. No, 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 wait. Oh, where are you? Where's that voice? Where did he go? Please come back. Warden. Warden. Wait a minute, men. Well, what is it? Warden. Wait. The governor's on the phone. He says stop. Hold up everything. What'd the governor say? He wants to talk to you on the phone, Warden. He says don't electrocute this man. They've got the other two guys in Gordon's garage trying to rub out some fingerprints. One of them was shot and died. But before he died, he spilled it all. This fellow didn't do it. It was a frame-up. Oh, thank God he got me in time. Gordon. Gordon. Did you hear that? Yes. Yes, I heard it. That voice said he would. I'm free. You're not going to electrocute me, Warden. You're not. No. No, Gordon. The governor saved you. Governor? No. It wasn't the governor. It was somebody else. Or something else. But what do you mean, Gordon? Who saved you? I don't know. It was a voice. Just a voice. I never really saw him. He was only a shadow. The story you have just heard is copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. Real names are never used in these shadow stories. <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows.
tuned for Duffy's Tavern with guest actor John Garfield. Time now for Archie to answer the phone at Duffy's Tavern. We take you now to Duffy's Tavern. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where the elite meets eat? Archie the manager speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Tonight? Well, uh, tell me, who is your favorite movie tough guy? Well, next to William S. Hart. <laughs> now, now, the guy uh, uh, coming tonight is John Garfield. Yeah, Warner Brothers paroled him for tonight. <laughs> well, I got an idea from Duffy. Well, you see, our competitor, uh, Grogan's Bar across the street, has been taking away a lot of our business on account of he's got a floor show there with a lot of chorus girls. Well, what have we got to equal 12 dames? Your fat wife, huh? <laughs> I don't know, Duffy. Somehow or other, 12 dames is more attractive separate than when they're lumped together. <laughs> well, anyways, my idea is to start a repertory company, see? Repertory. Where the show changes every week and the cast rotates. <laughs> no, not like Grogan's dames. Oh, this, uh, this will be real legitimate theater. Uh, well, we ought to do a terrific business. Uh, Eddie's been out all day passing out circulars, and, huh? What play are we going to start off with? Uh, yes. No, not Oklahoma. No, not the voice of the title. No, not Life with Father. It's a play that I wrote. Now, look, operator, you mind your own business. <laughs> I'll call you back, Duffy. So come in and meet Finnegan, Eddie the waiter, Miss Duffy, Sir Heathcliff Batterswick, Matty Malnick and his orchestra, our special guest tonight, John Garfield, and Archie himself, Ed Gardner. Mr. Archer. Wait a minute. You back already, Eddie? What did you do? Throw them circulars down the sewer? Only the ones we got customers working in. <laughs> well, uh, did you leave a batch down at Chimmelbacher's Bakery? Yes, sir. And they promised to put a circular in every box. What in every box? Hey, that's a nice thing for the bakery to do. Yeah. Mr. Cavendish, the undertaker, offered us the same deal. <laughs> Oh, that's well, good old Cavendish, although I doubt any of his customers would be interested in my play. I don't know. They seem to act just like your usual audience. <laughs> By the way, did you see that big sign Grogan's Bar put up on? Uh, what did it say? Tonight, new burlesque policy. Opening of soon season. Peaches Latour, guests of honor, will throw out the first bump. <laughs> And, uh, boys, the crowd's flocking in. Well, wait until my repertory company opens. I'll prove to Mr. Grogan that a floor show can rake it in without having to take it off. Well, that burlesque is pretty popular. Oh, I don't know. As I remember, I found my first burlesque show pretty dull. They ain't changed me opinion after 15 years of steadily watching them. <laughs> So leave Grogan do what he wants. How he runs his business don't interest me. Uh, hi, Art. Huh? I've just been over spying on Grogan's like he told me. 
Oh, yeah, huh, yeah. Finnegan? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, was there much of a crowd over there? I couldn't see. There was too many people in the way. <laughs> hmm. Well, never mind the crowd. Uh, tell me, how was the show? Oh, pretty good, Arch. But it didn't have enough variety. What do you mean? Uh, well, they had five striptease acts. There was five striptease acts, and every one of them was a dame. <laughs> Well, that's probably on account of the manpower shortage. Uh, uh, how about the uh, the costumes, the dame's costumes? Was they any good? Uh, it was nothing to them. <laughs> you know, I felt so sorry for them poor girls. There was, there was one of them. One of them was so cold, she just stood there in the middle of the floor and shivered all over. <laughs> I think it's a horrible thing. It's a disgrace. The whole show ought to be pinched. Some of the customers were sure trying, huh? <laughs> well, wait till our repertory company open, opens. Mr. Grogan is going to discover that the public values quality above nudity. <laughs> find out, uh, find out that we have a better mousetrap right here in Duffy's Tavern. Hello, Archie, my sweet. My sweet? Why so confectionery, Miss Duffy? <laughs> Uh, say, Archie, can you use an actress in your repertory company? An actress? Who? Me. Mm, uh, let me look at you. Turn around. Uh-huh. Now, let's see your profile. Uh-huh. Now, walk a few steps. Yeah, I guess in a pinch you could play a dame. Eh, <laughs> uh, wait, wait, by the way, what's with you? Today you want to be an actress. Last week you wanted to get married, uh, what happened to the Amour? Was yours? Archie, if you were referring to my affair with Harold Harkle Road, it's all over. It's finny. Poop. Poop, huh? Yes. It's simply another case of love's flame dying down and leaving just an ember. An ember, huh? You know, with you, it seems to be forever ember. <laughs> What happened? Uh, you was crazy about the guy. Oh, I don't know. Little personality traits that has got on my nerves. Little personality traits, huh? Yeah. Somehow I just can't see myself going through life with a man who keeps refusing to marry me. <laughs> Little personality traits. Sure, well, that ain't unreasonable, but I thought Harold wanted to marry you. So did I, and so did Papa, and so did Mama. That dopey Harold, he had to be different. <laughs> Oh, so you're back in circulation again, huh? Maybe, uh, maybe you're being a little too choosy. That's not true. I ask for very little. All I want is a man who look up to me and think I'm attractive. Well, I'll see if I can find your crazy midget. <laughs> now look, Miss Duffy, if you'll excuse me, I gotta get my play ready now. John Garfield will be here. <gasps> John Sonic. Garfield? Is he coming here tonight? Yeah. Oh! Oh, uh, well, I'll, uh, see you later. Yeah. She's gonna get her play ready. <laughs> Brother, what a dame. Hello, Archie. What's up? Oh, hello, Sir Heathcliff. Uh, well, I'm putting on a play tonight. A play? Hmm. As the man said when he saw the three oil gushers, well, well, well. <laughs> Archie, may I put my dramatic talent at your disposal? 
Thank you. I'll be glad to dispose of it. <laughs> In other words, uh, Heathcliff, I cheerfully reject your offer. I can't understand you, Archie. As Betty Grable said to her garter, you should snap at this. <laughs> Heathcliff, there's no part for you tonight. This play of mine is a Mexican play. It takes place in a waterfront dive. A Mexican play? By Jove, I could play a native. You, a native? Yes, with dialect, of course. Thus, hello, Jose. I say, let's have a blooming tortilla. <laughs> now, uh, look, Mexicali Rose. <clears throat> the answer is no. Very well, if you want to turn down a man who was the greatest Hamlet in history. Alas, poor Yorick, I knew him. Now, please, Heathcliff, not that. Let him go on, Archie. It's a beautiful speech. Alas, poor Yorick, I knew him. You knew him, too. There are more New Yorks around here. Starts, well, no doubt, have a big crowd. Uh, what have we got to feed them? Uh, all we got left is hash. Hash? Holy cat. Well, not holy cat. There's some beef in it. <laughs> now, Eddie, that's the kind of stuff that's going to give Duffy's Tavern a bad name. Pardon me, bud. Is this Duffy's Tavern? What does it look like? Like Duffy's Tavern? That's a nasty thing to say. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. John Garfield. 
Oh, welcome, Mr. Garfield, and may I uh, sincerely eschew you that it is a great humbridge to distinct you this place with an actor of your ilk and posterity? Holy smoke, this is something I've never seen before. What? A guy bumping off a language. <laughs> now, wait a second, Garfield, you have already insulted both me and the joint, and you ain't been here for more than 30 seconds. What's the record? <laughs> I see this man has a biting tongue. If he ain't careful, I'm gonna bite it. Now, look, John, uh, leave us have a little more noblesse oblige. Uh, after all, this place ain't no ordinary dump. Well, I can see it ain't no ordinary dump. That's right. It's the first one I've ever seen where the rubbish gets up and walks around. John, they're my customers. <laughs> and, uh, incidentally, among them is a lot of guys in your own field. Oh, actors? No, convicts. <laughs> We're going to brand the insults. I can with a scissor or two myself. But uh, why do we want to fight? But come on, uh, sit ye down and uh, have a bite to eat. Eat? Yeah? Say, that might be the answer. Now, look. Look, Garfield, you ain't going to start that stuff again. I'm sorry, Archie. Certainly, we should have started insulting each other. We, we should be friends. After all, you and me are so much alike. Now you're starting it. No, I, I mean it, John. You, you got a lot of my qualities. A lot of the things I got. What? Well, your rugged good looks. Uh, your Devin McCare manners. Uh, your sophisticated charm. Well, how about my New York accent? Well, you've got to remember that I was raised careful. <laughs> but aside to that, we're alike as two bricks in a hut. <laughs> John Garfield! Well, what a pretty speech. And who, pray tell, fair lady, are you? Mm, suddenly he's so polite. This must be John's other Garfield. <laughs> oh, permit me, Mr. Garfield, this is Miss Duffy. Oh, uh, how do you do? Likewise, I'm sure. Oh, Mr. Garfield, the thrill you've given me. I haven't got a spine that you haven't tingled. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, this girl makes sense. Go ahead, sugar. Did you see me in Destination Tokyo? Great, huh? Destination Tokyo? Uh, wasn't Cary Grant in that? Cary Grant? Well, it's hard to remember every guy in a picture. <laughs> Anyways, um, how'd you like me playing a sailor? Oh, you were wonderful. I remember how you stood beside Cary Grant in the submarine. Ah, oh, Cary looked so big and strong and handsome. <laughs> Yes, I'll never forget how his beautiful eyelashes quivered when he turned his wonderful profile and he gave you an order. You were wonderful. I didn't see the picture myself, but you sound great. Thanks. Oh, this is such a thrill meeting you, Mr. Garfield. It's almost too exciting. The, the blood just rushes to my head. The blood rushes to your head, huh? Yes. What's the attraction? You're so cute. Archie, couldn't you just eat him up? No, thanks. I just had a big supper. Uh, <clears throat> Miss Duffy, you better get back to the cash register. The loose change needs tightening. <laughs> that, Archie. Well, I'll uh, see you later, Mr. Garfield, in the play. Play? Archie, what play is she talking about? Well, it seems there's a play we're putting on here tonight. Well, who wrote it? Uh, certain very brilliant and talented young chap. Mm. Uh, you, huh? You notice the resemblance. 
Yes, John, among the other talents, I also number the art of drama surgery. I've read about your plays. Uh, do you write the way you talk? Even better. <laughs> this latest play is really great. It's Life in the Raw. Uh, hi, buddy. You John Garfield. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that you rat. Watch your mouth. Please, watch your language. Mr. Garfield ain't really a mug. Uh, I know what I know. I was totally kidding. After all, I'm a man of the world. Yeah? Which one? Shut up, boy, Johnny. Kid me back with the... No fooling. I'd love to be one of them gangster pitches shooting off them machine guns. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. The boy, what? Fun. Oh. Uh, not so much fun. Those machine guns are murder. Even if firing them in pictures is enough, well, it's enough to make you wince. Mr. Garfield, I don't know the meaning of the word wince. Wave guy, huh? Well, I just don't know the meaning of the word. Please, uh... Leave us. Change the conversation to a subject. <clears throat> Now, John, about this play tonight, uh, this circular here explains everything. Yeah, well, let me see. Tonight, world premiere of Duffy's Repertory Theater. That theater. Not when it's spelled with a Y. <laughs> Let's see. Tonight's special attraction will be the famous movie actor, Mr. John... Hey, where did you get the effrontery? I copied it off a poster. <laughs> yep, this will be a great break for you, John. Now, look, you barroom Belasco. Just a second. <clears throat> Hello? Hello, Duffy. Uh, well, wait a minute, I'll see. Uh, Eddie, uh, how many customers is here? Uh, let's see, there's one, two, three, uh, three. <laughs> Hello? Sixty-four. <laughs> huh? Okay, we'll start the play right away. Here, John, now here's the play. Look over your pot while I round up the rest of the cast. I'll be right back. Now, wait a minute. Now, don't worry, you'll be great. I'll be right with you. Mm, let's see. A drama on the waterfront entitled Fish and Fantasy. That... <laughs> That jerk. Yeah, I got an idea who you mean, Mr. Garfield, but don't get upset. Well, where does that Archie get his gall? Oh, Mr. Archie ain't bad. He got nerve and brass and gall and, yep. Well, the answer is you're going to act in this play. Mm, I love it. Did you read it, Eddie? Uh-huh. How is it? Well, I'll tell you. It's the funny thing about Mr. Archie's plays. They look pretty bad at first, but when you get halfway through them, you realize they're worse than you thought. <laughs> Then if you grit your teeth and keep going when you come to the last line, brother, what a grand and glorious feeling. <laughs> How do I get into these things? I think Warner Brothers must have made me stir crazy.
Buddy, uh, how's the crowd look? Well, actually, there's only two now. Mr. Callahan's just passed out. <laughs> Hello, Duppy. Huh? Uh, 123 people. <clears throat> Yeah, hey, yeah, fellas, whoop it up a bit like a mob. Okay, huh? yeah, Finnegan, hit the register. Yeah, More champagne. Lady Mendo, what is you doing here? Happy New Year. You hear that, Duffy? Great, huh? I told you. Okay, we're starting to play. That's enough, Finnegan. Boy, what a business I was doing. Well, now you've done enough business. You can retire. <clears throat> Okay, now leave us start to play. Trumpets, please. Thank you. Finnegan, will you stop it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we present Fish and Fantasy, wrote by my esteemed self and starring John Garfield. I seen a shabby waterfront dive in a little town on the coast of Mexico. Here... Fishermen come to sit around drinking their fiery de Coca-Cola. <laughs> and through the place comes the scent of the trade winds, filling the air with the feeling of mystery, passion, murder, evil, and the constant smell of fish. <laughs> but now, leave us meet our characters. piano player. Fingers, they call me. Once, I was a famous concerto. <laughs> but now, I sit here and play the piano for a few paltry peons a week. <laughs> yes, I just sit here and play and watch men come and go with their foibles and piccadillos and whatever other fish they have caught. <laughs> Fandango, the gorgeous hostess. I'm beautiful with lips like ripe red pomegranate and raven hair and flashing eyes like two black jelly beans. <laughs> Men love me madly. They beg for my love. But I just smile and say, Si, si, senor. I am Pierre, a prosperous Mexican fisherman. I love the girl Fandango. She are the sweetheart of I who love him madly. She know? Hey, Archie. Yeah. This play, she stink. <laughs> stink to the script. <laughs> Hello, fingers. Oh, hiya, Fandango. Match. Catch. Oh, miss. Butter fingers. <laughs> Uh, what's the matter? You, uh, heck nervous, Fandango. What's on your mind? I don't know. I'm thinking of America. You know, Fingers, I'm beginning to miss the state. Yeah, funny. With me, it's the cities. <laughs> oh, well. When you're a guy like me, you learn to philosophize. Say, Fingers, tell me something. Yeah. You sit there at the piano all day and all night. What do you think about? I often wonder. <laughs> yes, Fandango, there's a comfort in philosophy. Where do you come from, Fingers? Who are you? Please, Fandango, I rather you didn't ask that. It's best to bury sleeping dogs. <laughs> Tell me, Fingers, it'll be our secret. Well, sir, <clears throat> once 
I gave concerts all over the world. Vienna. Bucharest. <laughs> Sitting at me Steinway. Just in me black tie and white tails. <laughs> me nickname in them days was Harvey the Rabbit. <laughs> I remember them places. The places ringing with laughter. Paris. Moscow. Wait. You are not... Yes. I am Laszlo Heltakolovich. You were the great Heltakolovich? None other. But what happened? Drink, women, gambling, Monte Carlo, the swap machines. <laughs> now, here I am, a member of the dregs. Was there a, a girl? I'd rather not speak of her. It wasn't meant to be. She, she hurt you. It wasn't her fault. She was royalty. I have pheasant blood. <laughs> yes, her old man made her marry a Majoraja. <laughs> well, that's life, but you got to be a full officer. Well, we're amigos. Hasta Melanda. <clears throat> she is I, uh, yeah. Oh, hello, yeah. Ah, Fandango, she's you, huh? Come kiss me. No. Montevideo, what's the matter, huh? <laughs> Here I am, a great fisherman, and this bag on my shoulders, I have a 200-pounder mackerel, a 50-pounder tuna, 60 flounders. Why, you know, want to kiss me? I don't know. There's something about you. <laughs> Sacramento, you turning me down, a man who catch you 400 pounds of fish? That's a whole of a catch. <laughs> Fandango, uh, why don't you marry Pierre here? I hate him. Azusa, you love fingers, huh? I kill him. Look out, fingers. He's got a gun. Semper Fidelis. <laughs> I... <laughs> I got it. If she can't have she, nobody else she have him. Stand back. Missed me. <laughs> but I don't mind... That's philosophy. But uh, this time, uh, this time I catch you. Ouch! He got me. Well, Fandango, I guess, I guess this is curtains for fingers. What goes on here? Who are you? I am the prefix of police. I had a shot here. Fingers, who shot you? I ain't talking. Well, I'll find out who shot you. Let me think, Jim. Hey, you, you with that smoking gun in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to do, start a fire? <laughs> well, I'm going out to check up. I'll be back. Say, uh, say, fingers. What? Sorry I have to kill you, you know. No hard feelings, Pierre. It's just the brakes. you got to be a philosopher. Wait. Fingers. Before you go, there's something I've got to tell you. What? I am her daughter. You? Boita's daughter? <laughs> you the daughter of the woman I love? Yes. My real name is Mercedes de Monticello Schmolhausen. Oh, this is too much. Wait, just a second. Let me look at your arms. Here. Eat good can. The Monticello Schmulhausen vaccination. <laughs> so you are Bertha's daughter. Yes. Hmm. 
the daughter of Bertha de Monticello Schmulhausen, meets and loves the great concerto, Laszlo Haltakalovich, in Mexico, just as he is dying. Yes. What a small world. Well, heavens to Betsy, I guess you've got to be a full officer. <laughs> How'd the crowd like it? I don't know. They all went over to Grogan. <laughs> Grogan's, huh? Well, what's doing over at Grogan's? Oh, they got a crummy burlesque show there, John, with a lot of naked dames. Oh, I'll see you later. Now, wait a minute. A guy like John Garfield can't be seen in a place like that. I guess you're right. Um, Eddie, uh, run over to Grogan's and reserve a table for Pierre the Fisherman. <laughs> But let's meet here again at the same time next week. And if you have a half hour next Friday evening... Just a second, Mr. Roy. I think I better call Duffy and confess to him that this repertory company of mine was a flop. Hello? Hello, Mrs. Duffy. Put Duffy on the phone. He what? He went over to Grogan's. (laughs) Oh, that Duffy. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night is Sherlock Holmes, followed by Our Miss Brooks. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.